Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In 1 John 5.13, the Apostle John declared, quote, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Are you certain that you are a true Christian? How do you know that you are really saved? How do you know that although you may think you're a Christian and claim to be a Christian, that you are a real and genuine Christian? Let's open our Bible now and begin to learn how we can know that we are truly saved. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to uh, another teaching and uh, welcome to a uh, a new time of, of topical teachings. We, uh, golly, the last time we we finished the book of Romans and man, it was just, it was really felt like a wonderful accomplishment. Uh, as I said last time, I you never ever really know, you never feel or believe, you know that you never did the book justice, right? It's the word of God and, and so much more could have been taught out of that book of Romans, but we completed the book of Romans. We didn't know how many teachings it would be. And it turned out to be 50 teachings on the nose, 50 teachings in the 16 chapters of Romans, teaching verse by verse by verse by verse. And now we're going to go into uh, just a time of topical teachings. I don't know how long we'll do this, you know, maybe a month or so. And we're not sure, uh, you know, maybe 8, 10, 12 topical teachings. And they're just going to be on topics that, that, uh, that just that Christians have questions about, right? That you go to Google and you may Google, you know, certain questions you have of what does the Bible say about this or that, or you know, um, you know, what is what does God say about this, right? Or you know, what is Jesus's heart on this or that? And so today we're gonna we're gonna begin this uh, this first topic, and this topic is indeed the single most important topic. In all of our lives, and it's going to be, I would imagine, at least four teachings. Uh, there'll be four separate teachings, right? Um, there'll be different teachings, but they'll be around this topic. And the topic that we're going to start with is how do I know that I'm truly saved? How do I know that I'm a real Christian? How do I know that Jesus is really living in me? How do I know? that my sins are truly forgiven, that I have been delivered from the wrath of God? How do I know that I'm not going to go to hell? How do I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I, when, when I die? And so uh, for obvious reasons, this is the most, most important topic. And what I want to say out of the gate is that I want, I want to come across in this just with 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 what I hope to be a genuine love, a, a, a love expressing itself in concern. In my study and preparation for this over the last week and a half, um, it's 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 just it's it's alarming, it's scary, and it's uh, you know there, there really is no words for 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 how important this subject is. And again, the subject is, am I a true Christian or do I just think I'm a Christian? Am I really saved or no? What does it mean to be saved? 
Very few Christians could give a definition of what it means to be saved. Few Christian ministers could give a definition of what does it mean to be saved. Okay, so when we say, when we say that we want to answer this question, am I truly saved? What we're saying is, is it true? Have I really been forgiven of my sin? Have I been delivered and saved from the wrath of God? Have I been delivered and rescued from an eternity in hell? And will I go to heaven when I die? That's what it means to be saved. At the bottom of it all, to be saved means to be saved from an eternity in hell. That's what we need to be saved from. We need to be saved from our sin, and our sin will cause us to be under the wrath of God and to spend an eternity in hell separated from our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So with that understanding of what it means to be saved, to be saved, to be delivered and rescued from an eternity in hell. Now that happens by receiving the forgiveness of our sins, by genuinely trusting and relying and receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins, deliverance from the wrath of God, deliverance from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when we die, okay? So to be saved from our sin, to be saved from an eternity in hell, okay? That's what it means to be saved. So that's what we're going to talk about. Again, there, there are just startling, startling surveys done. Um, one of the most startling, one of the most startling surveys that I found in my study is that when you, when you sit down a Christian or someone that's claiming to be a Christian, from five to eight percent of Christians can pass an examination on truly understanding what you need to believe, what proper belief is, and the word for that is called orthodoxy. Orthodoxy is a fancy word that means proper belief. Orthopraxy is a word that means proper conduct or proper action. So the teachings are going to be broken up and we're going to begin with, you know, do you have the proper beliefs? Okay. Do you have sound biblical beliefs, beliefs that line up clearly with what the Bible is teaching regarding salvation? regarding what it means to be saved. Are your beliefs in line with what the scriptures teach? And then we'll do some teachings, uh, you know, perhaps two teachings on that. Is there evidence? Is there evidence in your lifestyle, in your conduct, in your actions, that the beliefs that you claim are genuine, are real? are authentic, right? Um, so, but first, right, before we can even get into the fact of whether or not, you know, the beliefs that you claim are genuine, we have to see if if your beliefs are proper, okay? Um, again, five to eight percent of all people who claim to be Christians, and that includes Catholics, can pass an examination that if I sat down with them for 15 minutes 
and asked them a series of questions about their beliefs and then went on to ask them a serious question, a series of questions regarding how they live their life moment by moment, day by day, five to eight percent of people who claim to be Christians would come away believing and knowing that they are truly saved, that they have actually been forgiven of their sins, that Jesus Christ is truly their Lord and Savior, that God the Father is in fact their heavenly Father, that they have been truly delivered and forgiven of their sin, delivered from the wrath of God, and rescued from an eternity in hell, and they will certainly go to heaven when they die. Five to eight percent of all people who claim to be Christians can have confidence that they truly are Christians. And so, again, um, I had talked to my daughter, Kristen, who had a uh, just a miraculous conversion, uh, you know, around four years ago, four or five years ago. And uh, she had been brought up as a Christian. She had prayed with me to receive Christ many times. But she wasn't truly a Christian. She wasn't saved. She wasn't forgiven of her sin. She did not have eternal life. She did not have spiritual life. And if she had died in that state, she would have spent an eternity in hell. She, not, she had not been rescued. She had not been delivered from her sin and delivered from the wrath of God and rescued from an eternity in hell. Now, since then, she has received Christ as her Lord and Savior. Um, she is a true and genuine Christian, and she is one of the five to eight percent of all Christians, people that claim that they're Christian, that is truly, there is enough evidence based on her beliefs and based on her conduct that would reflect that, that, that her faith is genuine that she really is a, a true Christian, that she really is saved and been forgiven of her sin, delivered from the wrath of God and rescued from eternal hell. And she will go to heaven when Jesus comes or when she dies. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. Holy Spirit, we pray that the love of our Heavenly Father would come through in these teachings, would come through in my heart, that these teachings are being done not out of any intolerance, but out of a genuine desire that, that all people would be saved even as it's your heart, Father, in, in 1 Timothy 2, 4, that it's, it's God's will that all people be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So, Father, I pray that that love would come through in this topic and in these teachings, Lord, and that it would be received and that, that many people, Lord, who either think they're saved and are not or who don't have assurance of their salvation can come to a place where they are genuinely saved, where they have truly received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they have genuinely been delivered, Father, from your wrath and rescued from an eternity in hell, and that they'll be certain that they're going to heaven when they die based on the revelation of the word of God, the scriptures, and the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we love you. We commit this time and this series into your hands now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so again, all we're going to do here is search the scriptures, right? All we're going to do 
is, is talk about what the Bible says. When you have a question about anything, you should be able to, 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 to go and find out what the Bible says. Okay. What does the Bible say about the fact, am I going to heaven when I die? What does the Bible say about the fact, am I truly saved? What does the Bible say about, about the question of, am I a real Christian, a true Christian, or do I just think I'm a Christian? Okay. Um, so it begins with the understanding that the Bible teaches that you're not a Christian because you say you're one. Okay. Just because you claim to be a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Okay. Now, now a lifestyle of someone that's consistently proclaiming Jesus is Lord day in and day out. Okay. Throughout their day, they are speaking about Jesus and proclaiming Jesus as Lord. They're praying to Jesus. They're, they're, they're praising Jesus, you know, at times throughout each day is a profound evidence that you are a true Christian. Okay. But the fact that you claim to be a Christian in itself does not make you a Christian. Okay. And so, our scriptures for these first couple teachings, okay, are going to begin with 1 John 5.13. And this scripture is going to teach us that it's the will of our Heavenly Father that we could know, that we could be certain based on the scriptures, based on our, our beliefs lining up with the scriptures, and based on our conduct and our actions reflecting that our beliefs are genuine, that we can absolutely know that we're saved that we can know that we have eternal life presently, that we know that we know that we have spiritual life and we're not deceived and only thinking that we're Christians when we're not a real genuine Christian, okay? So we're going to begin with 1 John 5, 13, and then the next scriptures will be Matthew 7, 21 to 33, 21 to 23, that show us why we need these scriptures, okay? 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Okay, that's 1 John 5.13. And the Apostle John, he's late in his life here. He's probably in his late 80s, mid to late 80s. And he's saying, and he says here that he's writing this book. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life, okay? Not that you think that you have eternal life, not that you hope that you have eternal life, but that you may know for certain that you truly are saved based on what's written in the word of God, okay? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So you want to know that you truly are saved, that you truly have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did pray a prayer at some point. Maybe you recited some words, okay? And that's wonderful, okay? But we're going to talk about how you can really know that you're a genuine Christian, that you're a true Christian, okay? And it's based on what's written in the Word of God. It's not based on anything that human beings say. It's not based on the Word of man. It's not based on the Word of woman. It's based on the living Word of God the scriptures, okay? Probably the scariest scripture in all the Bible. To me, the most alarming 
scariest scriptures in all the Bible is Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Okay, look what Jesus says here. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is the scariest, in my view, this is the scariest and saddest scripture in all the Bible. Because Jesus says many. He actually says earlier in the chapter that narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Here, he says there are many that actually believe they're saved. They believe they're Christians. And on the day of judgment, when they stand before Jesus, they call him Lord, but they're not truly saved. They were never saved. They had never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They were never genuine Christians. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So again, you're not saved by anything that you do. You're saved, genuinely saved by, by abandoning any hope you have, by knowing that you are hopeless, helpless, and desperate without Jesus, and only by humbling yourself and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior can you or anyone in the world be forgiven of their sin, be delivered from the wrath of God, be rescued from eternal hell, and go to heaven when they die. Can they be saved? Okay, that's how you're saved. But now if you are genuinely saved, there ought to be a reality in your conduct, in your actions. And again, we're going to talk about that in the in the back half of, uh, of again, of this study of this of this topic. Am I a true Christian? Am I really saved? We're going to talk about what are the evidences in the life of someone that claims to be saved. Now, they have to first have proper belief in order. Okay, um, he says in verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, they believe they're saved. They believe they're Christians. Again, on that day, this is the day when we've died and we're standing before Jesus. Many will say to me on that day, that's the day, Lord, Lord. Remember, Jesus Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. Part of being saved is really knowing who Jesus is. He's not the same as Moses. He's not the same as the apostles, Peter and, and James and John, right? He's not the same as Muhammad. He's not the same as Buddha. He's not the same as David. He's not the same as Daniel. He's not the same as any other person in the Bible or any other religious figure outside the Bible. Jesus Christ is God Almighty, okay? And in order for you to be truly saved, you need to understand and believe that your God, God the Son, became a human man for you, lived a perfect righteous life on your behalf. He did this for you, a life you could never live. Then he died a torturous death on the cross for you, on your behalf and in your place, a death that you and I deserve to die. 
and then he was raised from the dead. Okay. And from that place, from that understanding of knowing who Jesus is, your God, knowing all he did in becoming human for you, living for you, dying for you, believing that he has indeed been raised from the dead, you, you humble yourself knowing you're completely hopeless and helpless and completely lost in desperate state that without Jesus only hell awaits and you cry out to him and you call on him. As Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not the words or going through that, that action that saves you, but that action of calling on Jesus reflects the fact that you know your hopeless desperation and that only in Jesus can you be saved. This is why we're talking about this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, they call him Lord. They believe they're saved, but then they show their error. Did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles? You notice that they give their resume. They show they're not saved because they talk about themselves and all that they did. And not only that, they talk about these these miraculous things. They, they talk about the exciting, the fanciful things, the things that get attention, the things where, you know, they didn't talk about the incredible love for Jesus in their hearts. They didn't talk about their love for these people. They didn't talk about their desire to love him and to obey him and to walk with him. Again, none of that saves us. But you notice their focus was on the externals, right? Didn't we dance when we were in church? Didn't we give a lot of money? Didn't we drive out demons and prophesy in your name and perform many miracles in your name? They were never saved. Look what he tells them. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. It's not that they were saved and they became unsaved. It's not that they were saved and they lost their salvation. They were never truly saved. They had never genuinely received Jesus, but they thought they had did. They really thought they did. And then he says, away from me, you evildoers. So again, that's why we're discussing this. That's why we're going to be talking about what we're talking about. Okay. So again, these first couple of teachings are going to talk about, do you have proper belief? These people's beliefs were wrong. They somehow believed that by their lifestyle and why, by what they did, they were going to heaven. They never humbled themselves and saw their desperation. They never knew that, that only in Jesus Christ alone could they be saved. In my study, I found that in recent surveys, around 52% of people who claim to be Christians believe that you can get to heaven based on your own life, based on your own good works, and not only Christians, but they believe people of other religions, right? They believe Buddhists, they believe Hindus, they believe Jews, people who reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah will go to heaven based on some form of good life, some form of good works, some form of being made right with God through how they're living their life and doing good works. So again, Here's going to be a first test for you. Do you believe that it's possible for anyone to get to heaven outside of genuinely receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul? 
there are many people who will say, well, I've received Jesus, but it's okay. People who haven't received Jesus, there's a chance that they could be saved. Okay. This is a, this would be an immense red flag. This is a huge red flag. This is something that, 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 that ought to concern you that you're not a genuine Christian. Okay. A genuine Christian is certain based on what the scripture said, based on Jesus's own words, that without Jesus Christ, no one, not them or anyone, will have the forgiveness of their sins, deliverance from the wrath of God, and will be rescued from eternal hell and go to heaven when you die. Be saved, as we've talked about over and over. That's what it means to be saved. So, The first thing is that if you believe that, if you believe other people are okay if they don't have Jesus, that's going to be the first place where you repent of your unbelief. To repent means, above all, it means to change the way you're thinking, okay? Then once you've changed the way you're thinking, it'll it'll be to change the way you're, you're acting, okay? So you're going to repent of your unbelief, your unbelief of what the Bible teaches, in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let that scripture hit home. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. So out of Jesus's own words, we cannot go to be with our heavenly Father except by receiving the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, deliverance from the wrath of God, being rescued from eternal hell by our Lord Jesus Christ, saving us, rescuing us, delivering us, and giving us eternal life. Only in Jesus. So so that's where it starts, okay? It's going to begin in your beliefs, okay? Only one, only 33% of all people who claim to be Christians actually believe you're saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that they're saved that way, okay? But then they, they, they think that for some others, most of them think that, well, for other people, that may not necessarily have to be true, okay? We are all equal at the foot of the cross. Every human being is desperately sinful. We need a savior, and we are hopeless, helpless, and desperate without Jesus. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every human being is a sinner and falls short of God's standard. Certainly we are, and it's good that you recognize that. Everyone is, all right? John 16.8, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Wow. Golly, Psalm 51.5, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Okay, you see what David said there? Psalm 51.5, in your Bible, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Okay, so again, the beginning to knowing that you're truly saved, that you're really a Christian, again, is, is having proper orthodoxy, proper belief, okay? That's the beginning of it all. So 
the beginning of our repentance to knowing that we're saved, to knowing that we're a true Christian is to believe what the scriptures say about who I am and who I'm not and that the entire world is in a desperately hopeless place and without Jesus, no one will see heaven and will only be given over to eternal hell, separated from God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? Number, okay, next one. A belief in the existence of God does not in any way show that you're saved, that you're a genuine Christian and that you'll go to heaven when, when you die. Look at James 2, verse 19. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder, okay? So to say, I believe in God, is, is, is not, does not make you a Christian, not even evidence that you are a Christian, okay? That's wonderful that you believe in God. Atheist, you know, atheist, right? A theist believes in God and a hyphen theist says there is no God, okay? So obviously you, you need to believe in God. The scriptures say the fool says in his heart, there is no God, okay? James 2, 19, you believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and tremble. Okay. You believe that the Bible is the word of God. You study your Bible. Okay. Look at the, the, the religious leaders. And Jesus says to them in John 5, 39, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Verse 40, yet you receive, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You can believe the Bible, you can, re, you, can, you can study the Bible, but if you refuse to come to Jesus and receive him, John 1.12 says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, to believe means to trust in Jesus, to rely on him, to put your full confidence in him, he gave the right to become children of God. John 1.12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're saved, right? Your sins are forgiven. God the Father is your heavenly Father. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this first teaching, all right? Um, I want to say again that, that everything being said here is being said out of genuine love. I want this to come through um, as genuine love that you can know that you are genuinely saved, but most of all, that you would not have a false assurance, a false belief that you're truly saved, that if you died today, you would go to heaven if it's not true. And so again, we're gonna walk through the details and make sure you have proper belief. And we've done some of those today. If any of the things that you've heard today, you said, man, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that and I didn't believe that, then you simply repent. You go before Jesus and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Jesus, I do believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life, as you said out of your own mouth. I do believe that no one can come to the Father except through you. And proclaim like the man who had the demon-possessed son said, say, Lord, I believe and I ask you to help my unbelief. And these are prayers that Jesus hears. So Father, we thank you again for this topic. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Father, we pray that everyone who hears these teachings, Lord, that everyone would seriously be able to do a genuine examination of their beliefs 
And then, Lord, they'd be able to do a genuine examination of their conduct to see that if their proper biblical beliefs, that if they're genuine. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you. We ask for your blessing, Holy Spirit, your anointing, your power, and your conviction over these teachings. We pray that all of those who think they're Christians but are not genuine Christians would come to know you, Jesus, as their only Lord and Savior, that no one would have to go before you and hear you say, I never knew you away from me. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Have mercy. We commit this time and series into your hands, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.